welcome to Movie Date Podcast, the final episode. I'm your host, Stacey. And I'm your host, David. And we're back to kind of say goodbye question mark? i know i read i feel like the the mood is like already kind of like low I know. right now like maybe maybe we need to pep up for a second i'm just, just kind of sad it's kind of hitting me we talked about this for like a second but like sitting here and like oh man we're kind of putting at least wrapping this up for now and it's kind of sad yeah no i totally get that this has been like such a fun little adventure and so i just i want to thank you for allowing me to come on here with you for the past what was it 50 episodes it was a lot it were basically it was basically the whole podcast but hell yeah dude it was a good time but thank you so much for allowing me to come on and you know put my voice to use i've yeah. really enjoyed my time thank you for suggesting we actually do a final episode because i was definitely not uh being proactive in uh, that department so i was like yeah why not why not actually finish something and not just like let it linger in whatever world you know what i mean unfortunately me and stacy our lives have just gotten so busy outside of the podcast that we had to kind of like cut down on a couple of things and unfortunately this podcast is one of them not saying that we didn't enjoy our time together we loved it we had so much fun doing this but you know we're both in the process of making our, you know, next step into what we kind of want to craft to be like our future, I guess. And so, yeah. you know, with that, with time comes, you know, having to let things go. And right for the moment right now, this is just one of them. But like you said, we wanted to come on here and just give you guys a final thank you for tuning in to the past. What was it? 62 episodes of Movie Date and end on like a banger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So thank you, everyone who's ever listened and who is listening now. And we love you. Totally. We did like what? 6,000 listens? That's not like anything to sneeze at. I was very, very proud of what we accomplished with like not a lot of time. Like, but we started, well, it's been nine months since we've recorded, but oh, shit. we did the podcast. You know, you started at the end of 2019 and we did it all throughout. We just stopped doing it at the beginning of this year. So we did it for over like a year and a half. We had a really good time doing it. Yeah. Ooh, and we definitely covered some really good movies. I'll say that. Yeah. I looked through the other day and I started listening to, uh, what was it? Oh, I was, I was listening to episode 54, which was Black Xmas. <laughs> which is great so funny. one and i don't know why i was thinking like christmas time earlier too like i'm like i can't wait for christmas time i'm just so excited that it's almost october i can't believe it and in this off time people can still listen to our you know previous collection of episodes you know so i mean in the past 24 hours we already had 13 listens so that's not bad you know but speaking of october and spooky things Ooh, <laughs> and have you been watching segue. anything uh cool lately uh, kind oh of. I mean, hold on now. We need to talk about *Malignant* by James Wan. Yes. Stacy. Okay. We both what saw the it. Fuck! What a crazy ass fucking movie. You texted me literally. I'm just sitting. No, I'm on my way to work, and you text me just *Malignant*. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, he definitely saw it, and he probably loved it. And Dude, I got. I, I ended up. Go- I ended up going into work that day and getting cut because it was dead. And then I just took myself to the movies and saw it because you had you got me so excited from that text. Dude, I'm and, glad uh, that I did because – well, what did you think? Tell me your thoughts first. Okay, so I had a blast. I thought it was a lot more than I expected. I thought personally what happened was a big twist in my eyes. I did not expect that to come out, <laughs> uh, to happen. Same. Are you kidding me? Should we do spoiler-free or should we do also a spoiler? No, we should do spoiler-free, right? 
Let's do spoiler free, yeah, because that, okay, yeah. that twist is just like one of those. Like when I say I screamed, I literally screamed out loud. I was like, so, I'm sitting in my apartment. I go, <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't read any spoilers before you saw this. You just saw it. Oh, for like the first time ever. You know oh, me. I'm that's always amazing. Going like, spoiler to like knock it out. Yes. Like, you know what? I'm just going into this, just not knowing anything about it. I'm like, so glad. Even the trailers. The trailers were kind of weird. Like it didn't give you like a full like. It didn't give you impression of what it was. Exactly. Yeah, so let's – what did you think of it? I Okay, so f- baseline, I had a great time. It's not perfect, but totally, I, I had a fucking blast, and I really enjoyed it. What about you? No, same here. Like I said, I like was at my house watching it on HBO Max, but like I turned off all the lights. I was sitting there with some popcorn. It was like total movie theater-like experience. That's and so that fun. was like a movie that you need to have that type of experience too so that you can like scream. I, the only thing I wish is I would have had like company with me, you know? Yeah. But I was just feeling like a loner that day, I guess. Yeah, I mean, being in the theater alone, I was the only one. I was in the first few rows because I just wanted to kind of walk in and sit down immediately. I didn't want to have to walk in front of a bunch of people. Yeah. And I, I, was, I was at the Grand, so I like, was super comfy in those chairs. And I was just like, I felt like I, was, I felt like I had the theater to myself, basically. There was like one other person who laughed a couple times, and that's about it. <laughs> Dude, I like missed the experience of like a theater and I need to make my way back. But like the fact that it was just sitting on HBO Max, I was like, fuck it. Let me just watch it. That's so cool because that movie. They're I think doing J- that with Halloween Kills also. Damn, the same day that it comes out? The same day it's being released onto Peacock because it's like NBC, like Kyle Richards. That's wild. That is That's really. Be, like the new, like the new, I think route that movies are going to be taking especially like not like the huge huge one or even maybe the huge ones because i feel like halloween kills is going to make a killing that's a huge movie yeah i would say malignant was a huge movie i know i'm curious to see like what the box office is for it um i know that there's some films that did that like black widow and it didn't make as much and it caused all that scar joe like controversy which i mean that might be a good segue into our next um little topic that we were talking about or we we had talked about talking about Okay, what? What was I remember? The Christy Carlson Romano like <laughs> YouTube like what is going on there? <laughs> okay, so you brought this to my attention at work the day before yesterday. And, yes. Or yeah, yeah. And you were like, "Did you know Christy Carlson Romano has a YouTube channel?" And I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I looked it up, and it was, I guess, exactly what you would expect a fucking vlogger would look like but it's christy carlson or romano she's a, so she's a weird total youtuber now yeah she's a total youtuber now which i'm like obsessed with like she the way that she films her videos is fucking hilarious too so christy carlson romano is <laughs> as we know from fucking what else she been in even stevens yes. she was in kim possible the voice of she was in cadet kelly like yes maggot beauty and the beast on broadway um uh, kind of she's totally a, a broadway person yeah, and then she kind well, of she was talks like, about that in those videos. <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> yes, just about how like she grew up like loving like just being like a theater weird kid and how people used to hate on her. And she like made a video. One of the like titles was like talking about like my bullies in Hollywood. And she kind of alludes to the fact that like a well, she doesn't allude to it. She's plain out says that a celebrity like bullied her in high school. But I mean, a lot of people are saying that it was ScarJo that did it. I mean, but like I said, whenever we talked about before, I'm like, kids are fucking awful. Even famous ones, I'm sure, were dicks when they were younger. Uh, she like that, that does suck. On Christy Carlson Romano, Ren Stevens. That 
is not nice, Scar ScarJo. But you guys should search it and look at all of the um, what are they called? The like, what are the images it's that like you click on? The edits, like the thumbnails. Yeah, the thumbnails it's the, the thumbnails. The thumbnails are hilarious. <laughs> like, okay, this is like not like funny to laugh at, but like, I know the last so. video was my nine eleven experience, and I'm like, who asked for that? Like. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. I get what she's saying. She, like, monetized the video and said that she was going to give the proceeds to, like, 9-11 charities. Um, okay. It's still kind of off to me, but, you know, do your thing, girl. Make that money. A lot of her videos are, like, they're getting the views on there. And so I hope she makes a lot of money from it. Yeah. But they don't say anything. What do you mean? Like, uh, ads? It just, it just don't say. Well, actually, you know what? Let's, let's pick this up later. Let's, okay, let's, okay. Let's. Let's talk about um, let's talk about like one final thing that we both have kind of been like into before we like jump into the movie. Okay, do you want to go first? Um, you go first, and then I'll go, and then okay. we'll start the movie. Okay. So I was gonna talk about one more movie that I've seen lately. I watched it the other day, like on a whim. Um, it's called Personal Shopper. It is starring Kristen Stewart, and honestly, I'm not sure about anybody else in the film because they are a lot of. Irish, no, I'm sorry, French and British actors that I'm not familiar is with. That, is that the Princess Diana movie? No, that's Spencer, oh. which looks good. Is that is that her like maiden name? I don't know. I was wondering about that too. I don't know a lot about Princess Diana, but I, I imagine it's important, right? I know she's um, like a fashion icon now to like these girls out here. I love her. I think she was... From what I know of her, I, th I think she was a really good mom, and I think that she, she was really cool. She was very kind from what I've yeah. read. I remember reading about how she was, like, very kind to people with, like, AIDS, like, like would sit yes. with them, like, hold their hands and stuff when a lot of people were, like, scared of that. So, yes. I mean, I, I, just from what I know from just the surface, she seemed like she was a good person. So, how do we get talking about Princess Diana again? Because Kristen Stewart is playing her in that new movie. Oh, duh. I'm like, I'm like, where <laughs> is my mind at right now? I'm sorry. No, it's I okay. Like took us off topic. We were talking yeah, about, what's it called? Personal Shopper. So, okay. Kristen Stewart plays this girl who has lost her twin brother. Um, he has passed away. And they were both mediums. Um, so they both could kind of communicate with the other side, I guess. And... They he promised her that before or after if if whoever died first was gonna give the other one a sign basically to like be like mm. this is real the other side is real and I I'm here and so she's like in France because he dies in France and she doesn't feel like she can leave until she gets the sign you know um. anyways it's such a weird thing though because you're combining this weird supernatural element with this other story. That is, she works as a personal shopper for like the socialite character in France. And the woman is just awful and she hates her job. And there's like a big mystery that happens regarding this woman. But while simultaneously, this like weird ghost investigation is happening. And the feeling of the movie is so strange. And I didn't know exactly what to think of it, but I also didn't hate it. I kind of enjoyed it. So if you yeah, want like, there's like a lot of themes going on right there. I'm like, yeah. I'm trying to figure out like what, like the ending could possibly be at. Like, is it just her? Like, well, don't it's tell me, but obviously it's just like her trying to find her brother. Yeah. At the end. Like, I'll okay. say it, it's very metaphoric and 
I have a huge crush on Kristen Stewart. <laughs> of course. And I, I mean, enjoyed uh, it. <laughs> what, like... <laughs> What person doesn't? I like don't even like her, but I like see like the attraction that people have to her. Even if she wore that like awful outfit that I hate with like. Okay, I saw the outfit finally, David. I gotta say, I really liked it. Did you? (laughs) Yeah. I I just I couldn't get behind it. There's been a lot of looks that I've you know thought that she's looked amazing in, but that was just like not one of them. I'll say that. I feel you. I mean, fashion is very personal, and I get it, but. yeah. That movie is I mean, she, on Prime if anyone wants to check it out. It was interesting. She's cool. She's been in every movie out there, I feel like. Like, thinking about her, like, catalog, like, she's, she's been, been in so a lot. Much. Yeah. One of my favorite sure. movies that she did was this movie called In the Land of Women. <gasps> yeah, with Adam Brody. With Adam Brody. I love that movie. I used to cry to that movie. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah. I used to watch it a lot. Like, 2010, looked- 2011. That's weird. She was pretty young in that one. That's around the time whenever like Messengers came out and <laughs> remember Panic Room, like one of her. I first love roles? Panic Room. That's David Fincher, isn't that crazy? That is kind of crazy. I, didn't, I always forget that, but I mean, we've covered yeah. a couple of his movies. Um, obviously, he's become. I was going to say one Seven. Of- we didn't cover Seven. <laughs> What's it called? American uh, Fight Club. Fight Club. I don't know. I was going for American yeah. Psycho for some reason, but it was Fight Club, obviously. Fight Club. Yeah, we covered Fight Club, which – okay, so we've only yes. covered Fight Club by David Fincher. So go yes, back and so. listen to that episode. <laughs> I know. We'll have to cut out a couple of things right there. Don't worry about it. Um. Anyways, okay. Enough about that. Check it out. It was cool. It was weird. What about you? Yeah, what, I'm what's something you've been into? It. Okay, so I have been watching this, like, show on Netflix called, like, Al-Rawabi School for Girls. Have you heard of it? I have not. That sounds interesting. It's kind of chic, actually. I don't know what what it is that I love about it, but, like, it kind of reminds me of the show Revenge that was on back in the day with Emily Van Campen. I remember that show. Emily Van Camp. Like, it kind of gives me that. I think, I want to say it's uh, from... Like Jordan or something? Let me look it up really quick before I say. Yeah, it does not. Hold on. I just. I know I'm gonna sound. Okay, that's what it is. It's it's Netflix like latest like Arabic original series. It's one of the first. Oh, okay. Out there. Gotcha. Cool. So basically, like it's about what really caught my attention was like the commercial for it. So basically, it starts out. It's like it shows like these shots of like the school, like all the schoolgirls, and they're all. There's like an air of like tension. Like there's an air of tension. There's like tension in the air, like, and it's saying like things about the girls. And it's like, this is the girl who like is gonna risk it all. This is the girl who, these are the girls that back her up. These are the girls that have to defend themselves against her. And like, but then they do it like on the other side of it, so that it turns like the roles around. And it just like it kind of blew my mind. So it like made me want to like check it out. And it's really, really good. Like the main girl on there, um, she's really expressive, but like the main villain, the main antagonist is this girl named Layan, like L-A-Y-A-N, Layan. Mm-hmm. And just like the way that they're always like, Layan, like I'm obsessed. <laughs> oh, is it so in mean, though? They they beat her up. Do you want do you the main girl? Do you read subtitles? Or is it? Um, no, they actually dubbed over it. Oh, interesting. Cool. So is yeah. it like they're high schoolers? It's kind of like Mean Girls slash Revenge because 
You you have to watch. I'm gonna see if I can find the trail, the little snippet that I watched for it because it's really yeah. Send it to me. Cool. No, it sounds interesting. I love. That's the kind of shit I loved reading growing up. Like I read all the click books. I read all of the popular books. Um, I, all of the private. I think books. that you'll be obsessed with this show. Like whenever you first watch cool. it, like you watch this trailer. It's a lot of show. I'll say that. All right, Those here, girls, we go, here we go. They are kind of brutal. Okay. Oh, it's just okay. So someone hurts someone, and it's a mystery. It's not necessarily a mystery. They, it's just it's these two clicks going back and forth with like terrorizing one another. Interesting. You'll have Weird. to check it out. It's really crazy, but it's on okay. Netflix. It's really good. Yeah, it looks good. It looks. That was cool. That they were like, "What would I tell you if this was the? These were the girls. Everyone." Uh, avoided, and this is the people who stood up for it. It's Twitch that was cool. I'm explaining it more. Yeah, there's like a, the way. No, I am that's and I felt like <laughs> I was explaining it really bad too, but it was just like putting the perspectives of like the enemy, like on like the other characters. I loved that too. Like, and that's what yeah, I'm gonna watch it. So, check it out. Al Rawabi School for Girls on Netflix. Um, very cool. All right. Did you want to get into our uh, final movie? Speaking of Netflix, yes. Let's get into it. It is a Netflix let's original. Get into it. We are covering for our final episode the Fear Street trilogy. But yeah, the Fear Street trilogy, nineteen ninety four and nineteen seventy eight, six. Yes. Yeah, nineteen seventy eight, and then sixteen sixty six. Yeah. So, do you want to like kind of run down? The cast maybe and then we can just like jump into it dude first of all let me just talk about like the base material here like yes. what fear street is so fear street is like the brainchild of rl sign they you know rl sign he did goosebumps obviously of course but fear street was like kind of like the teen version of goosebumps and he got really really wild and creative with it um i was obsessed with books whenever i was growing up like i remember going to New York with my stepmom, like to the the library there, like every summer just to pick up like the Fear Street books. And I read every single one of them. They're only like, I think like 50 something. Nice. But I was literally obsessed with it. And they were just so, everything my like young, like horror loving, like mine needed. Like it was camp. It was brutal. Like the second, like the second movie really reminds me of the books, like a lot. Like, and we'll get into that. Okay. Yeah. I never read the books. I didn't even know that they existed. I I read Goosebumps and watched Goosebumps all growing up. I had no idea about Fear Street. I don't know how I missed it. That is crazy because I was like obsessed. I think Jake read a couple of books too, but I think he was more of like the Goosebumps age. Yeah. Interesting. I was more so obsessed with like the series. Like the way that I got like my first like intro was like these the series called The Fear Street Seniors. And like in the beginning of the books, it had like like uh, yearbook images of all of them with like their likes dislikes things like that their school quotes and then like as like i think there were like 12 in the series and they each covered like a month in the school year and like as like the cast died they got like a rest in peace like put over their picture and i was just oh. obsessed it was so good i have a couple of the books now they go for like over 200 dollars on like ebay and stuff so i don't well, know if you're ever in a pinch to- <laughs> You, you got those. <laughs> yes, or I was going to say, like, I'll never I'm be able to finish kidding. my collection, but never, you never know. Who knows? Yeah, maybe one day you'll find a good deal and just get all of them. That'd be cool maybe. as fuck. Maybe they'll do, like, a re-release or something. That would I be cool. Me too. 
They I can really see them do. doing that and changing all the covers to look like the new stuff, you know? Yeah, they or like, just... they really, they should, especially with like the popularity of this movie. So, this well, movie, a lot of like... people, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was just going to say a lot of the things I've been like checking out and reading and listening to have, were, have been wondering like, are they going to continue with this? Is like the Fear Street Netflix thing going to keep happening? You know what I mean? I mean, we'll talk about it at the end, but I'd say I totally see it happening. I for, totally for see sure. nothing but potential for yeah. like, I, fe- I see literally 100 episodes that they can put out, you know? Definitely, yeah. All but, right. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully we get a little bit of something from that. Um, yeah, let's get into the movie a little bit. Let's talk about, you want to just talk about the cast first and then we can kind of just like hit all of our like favorite um, moments in yeah. the three films. Yeah. Sounds okay. wonderful. So, yeah, let's start with the first film. You know what? Do you want to break it down? Do you want to break down the whole cast in the beginning and then get into the films? Or do you want to do it, like, by movie? Let's do by movie because we'll have we'll have the same actor appear, but we'll also add new people. So let's just do it by movie. Yeah, we should, we'll start with the first one. Okay. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So, um... So yeah, Fear Street, nineteen ninety four, uh, part one. Um, My uh, favorite part. Was it your favorite? Yes. Sorry, oh God, I keep I, I keep getting us off track. Everyone's is nineteen seventy eight. Apologize. I love nineteen seventy eight, and we'll get into why. Um, but Fear Street, part one, nineteen ninety four. Uh, the summary goes: After a series of brutal slayings, a group of teenagers take on an evil force that's plagued their notorious uh, town for centuries. Yeah. Um, the film was released on July 2nd, 2021, and boy, it was really fun. Yeah, so that 1994 is really fun, though, because it is so driven by music and basically like... Totally. And like the beginning of technology, kind of. Not like obviously the beginning, but the beginning of what we kind of know as like I am messaging and stuff and like when... When computers and things started, like, we're kind of, I don't know. People being able to transmit information between one another without having to be on a telephone. And, you know, as we find out, this town is is just ripe with information that, like, is, you know, people are dying to get out there. You know, literally dying to put out there. I think I yeah, I think I also connect with this one a lot. It's because because I was born in 1994 and I love the year I was born. And I think yeah, but definitely driven by music. I feel like there is a new music. There's like a new song in the beginning of this film. Like every minute, every 30 seconds to a minute, they're switching. There is this very very strange mashup that starts with Machine Head. It starts with Machine Head when they first walk into the school. It starts with Machine Head playing, goes into Damn I Wish I Was Your Lover, and then finally goes into Sour Times by Portishead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and it's all like whiplash. It's too much. And sad. It was that Netflix money. It's them showing definitely money. But the sad part is a lot of those songs had come out after 1994. It wasn't even oh, really? like it wasn't actually even possible <laughs> that those songs would be playing. Which I mean, they kind of set the mood. They kind of set the mood with it. Yeah. Like every Only time I people... hear that Sour Time song, I think of our job because they like play it there a lot. I feel like the only people who care about things like that are people like us because we look into things and we like learn about things. But 
if you are just a moviegoer or someone who's just popping this on and don't care, like you're not going to notice. Right. But it is kind of a bummer that they didn't like pay close attention to that because I noticed that kind of stuff. But I love that you say that uh, it's like me and you, like I saw this like meme the other day. It said a girl like me doesn't really care about the plot of movies. I just stare at the pretty pictures with people in it for 90 plus movies. And if it entertains me enough, it gets five stars. (laughs) I'm so different. I feel like that. Like, yeah, I agree with that. Like, I love it. I, I, I don't know. I wish I could be like that. I'm so, I pick things apart now because that's just how I view movies. I just want to know how they did everything, but everyone's different. I'm like, I'm totally lying. I'm the same way. I just, I wish that I could be like that. <laughs> I and I, I wish just, I could like, just like, like and just enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, that's people. not possible actually because this, this, and this. But actually that's wrong. That wasn't out of that time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, but that anyways. matchup was really strange, and I agree with you. It was very jarring. I was like, "Well, what's going on here?" But they also like they just played like every like noticeable like song from like the eras. Like they played that they really did. song in nineteen seventy eight. That is just like I'm obsessed with. Yeah, I think and they that played in... the Nirvana version of it in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, it's a callback. It's really cool. Um, I think in the the 1978 one, they're better about being more accurate with, with the music releases than they are in the 1994 one. And I'm wondering if someone different did the music or if it was the same person. I imagine it'd be the same person. I feel but... like it was the same guy who did Scream that did it. Marco Beltrami, uh, whatever his name is. Okay. Cool. I'm curious. Let me look that up really quick. I, I'm, I could be totally fucking lying. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> <I'm>, uh... <laughs> You're a fucking liar. You're a fucking liar, Camille. Um, ma, 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 ma. Yeah, it says music by Marco Beltrami. Cool. So, um, yeah, I think he worked on all of them. Um, but yeah, 1994 was really good. Let's let's talk about what was your. Let's talk about the beginning. The beginning for me yeah. was probably the highlight of the movie because it was a complete love letter to Scream and. I love that because that's my favorite horror film. I'm sure you love that. It's your favorite, I think, right? Really? I got the yeah. references, definitely. And I lots of horror references. The There's also callbacks to like the Fear Street book series. Yes, um, exactly. Just references everywhere, like Easter eggs everywhere that I really enjoyed. Um, well, one of my favorite things about like the beginning is like whenever they fir- the first book that's sitting on the ground that like that Maya Hawk's character finds is cheerleaders the first evil which i mean if you read that book and then you watch the movie you can see where the inspiration from the movie came from that book mm. so cool. i like that i caught that i caught that the first time and i was like i wonder if this is where it's gonna go and it ended up doing that so i was like hell yeah but then also um i don't what the fuck else was i gonna say oh just the uh the parallels between like drew barrymore and like maya hawk like yes both like they're both they're both celebrities of like, they're both celebrities they're both children of celebrities who like are crafting a name for themselves after you know after like their parents yeah and you'd like think that came out weird no i totally know what you mean and you'd think that maya hawk would be like the star of the movie Kind of like how you feel like Drew Barrymore is going to be the star, but then she's taken out first act. And that's like 
what start what kicks everything off um yeah and it's like super brutal too i was like damn like it was he's like, that one scene where he's like running at her full speed i like screamed and i was like scared for her yeah it was scary um i felt really bad and she's like taking his mask off and she's like it's me like it's me why are you hurting me you know me you're my friend yeah, because as we come to find out the killer is you know one of her friends that works at another store in the mall who who yeah seems different for some reason and there's a fi- a fly that keeps buzzing around him. It seems it seems to be like that that he's hearing things right before this happens. Yeah. So, so he brutalizes her, kills her, and the sheriff of the town comes and shoots him in the head and puts him down. Yeah, shoots him right in the head. Right um, under the oak tree, the big the big oak tree that ha- that sits in the shady side mall. Yes, it's in the center of the mall, which is crazy. But also kind of cool. And I think I, I have seen something like this before. So it's not like uncommon or it's not like impossible. It's just kind of. Uh-huh. We'll, we'll talk about more about it later because it's very. Should we just say it right now? To the trilogy. No, it's very significant to the trilogies. I, yes. I don't want to save like the reveal for you. Okay. Okay. It's like a big crazy reveal. There is. Like yeah. A, what? Yeah. So the tree is very significant to the trilogy, but. It yeah. yeah. So after that, we we meet our main character and her brother, yeah. who who we just like through the credits. Isn't it crazy though that their dad is just never home? We never meet their dad. Yeah, he's, he's like, just always gone, and he's a, an alcoholic, and that's all we get. That is also something I kind of love about the movies. Is that was also kind there's of there's like no parents in R.L. Stein's. That was kind of one of his tropes. Yeah, and things is like. Like in his books, like these children are being killed, and like, where are the parents at? What the fuck? Like, why are they? Yeah. Alive? Like later yeah, on, so. when we're when we're in a house with the friends and stuff, she's babysitting more kids, and the parents aren't there either. Like, I don't think the only parents we interact with are, I guess, teachers and uh, policemen and doctors. No parents. Yeah, it's weird that we never really like. Well, I mean, we meet uh, we meet uh, Sam's parent, mother, her fake oh, ass do- mother. Yeah, we do meet that bitch. <laughs> I love, I love whenever. Okay, spoiler alert. Just later on, whenever <laughs> Dean is like, "Who's your fake ass mom?" And I was like, "Wait, fake ass <laughs> mom? What?" Um. Yeah. So Dina, who is our main girl, she is kind of like heartbroken over a breakup that she just went through with Sam. Who, with, with the with the mysterious Sam, who she's writing a note to, like "fuck you, Sam," I fucking hate you, Sam. Like, and so obviously there's like animosity there. Yeah. From there, we see that Dina is has a younger brother named Josh, and he is he is onto Shady Side. There's something weird going on in Shady Side, and he is starting to connect the dots. Totally. Yeah. Like multiple murders. Um, people will will almost become like in a weird trance someone who you'd never even think would do a thing like that and just fucking it's not serial killing it's more like spree killing because it never is long term they're usually like killed just for that moment yeah exactly yeah so bunch of spree killings pass in the past like 50 60 years and shady side just seems to never be able to like get out of this like what would you call it's it just like, like slump this rut that it's in like yeah it seems has like bad it's luck cursed. it's cursed it's cursed seems cursed totally like that's what they say is like there's a curse on shady side like everybody here is just you know everyone knows there's a curse on shady for, side yeah 
They're just doomed, basically. People talk about like how you can't get out of Shady Side. Like no one ever gets out of this town. It's like just a known fact that Shady Siders kind of got it rough. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But we meet. So um, go ahead. Yeah, so we get to the school. We do that weird like mashup of those three songs, and we end up meeting Kate and Simon. But right before we meet Kate and Simon, like. I just want to point out this like classic like misdirect that like R.L. Stein always does in his books where like you see somebody with a knife and they're walking towards Dina and you think, oh, my God, they're going to stab Dina. But then he ends up like writing R.I.P. in like the locker. Does he do that a lot in the Stein, books? He did that. It's like every single book would like the chapter would end like and he pulled out a knife and then like, <laughs> the next chapter would start up and he'd be like, well, actually, it was it was uh, it was an eraser. And it was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it's kind of like. You know, reaching there, but That's it's just funny. that classic Mr. Wright was like very R.L. Sonomy, and it made me appreciate the movie. Um, but we go on to meet Kate and Simon, who are their best, who are Dina's best friends. Um, what do you think of them? I think they would have been my friends, probably with how I was in high school. Definitely my group. Um, Kate gave me Maria vibes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I Kate's, love that. When I first saw them, honestly, I thought that. Kate was going to be a girl that Dina didn't like because I saw the cheerleading uniform and I immediately like pinned them against each other just because it was yeah. the 90s, you know. Um, Dina's like kind of grungy. But Dina's like, yeah, Dina's kind of grungy, kind of dresses like chill. And then Kate was very pretty and done up and looked really cute. But she's actually like this like harsh, like drug dealer drug dealing bitch who who like will tell you what she thinks and is really cool and i know like she's like dealing actual fucking drugs though and like someone overdosed on them so it's like not that cool but it was like his brother <laughs> yeah it, it was, was simon's like, brother yeah it was simon's brother simon who's pra- played by uh ed hedgebringer i think his name is how do you pronounce it let me hold on look Yeah, his name is uh, Fred Hen- Henschinger. He was on White Lotus. Yeah, he has been in a lot of stuff in the past, like, three years. Like, he's kind of, like, just was... popping out. And I like him. I he was he also... Was so good. I I thought he was, he was so good in White yeah. Lotus, but I didn't love him in this movie. Oh, I really? I like he plays the same character in every single movie. Or every yeah, single, he like, kind of looks movie. like that character, you know? Like he talks like this. Sometimes he like his voice will crack. Like he just has this like same like I don't know. Maybe that's just like his thing, like a Jonah Hill type thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was about to say there's a movie on Netflix with Amy Adams called like The Woman in the Window or something. Basically, Woman in the Window. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, Rear Window, but kind of has a twist. He's in that. And that's the first time I saw him. Right after I saw him in that, this came out. And I was like, oh, shit, this guy's in everything. Um, I liked him, though. I thought he was cool. I thought he was a little unbelievable in the way he acted. But I think everyone is, kind of. Uh, yeah, this movie definitely took a couple of liberties with their characters. I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved it. But it definitely, <laughs> there were a couple moments where I was like, what is going on here? Yeah. Uh, it's goofy and fun, though. And I, I enjoy it. It was not a bad movie by any means. I don't think any of them are bad at all. But no, I had a lot of fun watching this movie. Um, yeah. So we meet them, and then yeah, and we just we end up in the 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 what is it the typical like high school Friday night like football game whatever like 
they're yeah. going against they're going against shady side or what is it what is shady side is going against sunnyvale which are like their enemies like the two towns have always been warring shady side is where the losers are sunnyvale is where like all of the rich like popular people are um as we get there we see Sa- we see dina kind of checking out like this couple that are making out and in our minds we're like okay there's sam yeah continue we continue we continue with them Turns out Sam isn't the guy in the relationship. Sam's a girl, so Dina's like a lesbian icon. So yes. I was happy about that. I was actually kind of shocked. I didn't expect it. I kind of just because I like had researched the movie a little bit, I knew about it. Of so course, you like, did. I was kind. I was here for it. Um, yeah. And Sam's relationship is like kind of like an iconic like love story, but I kind of enjoy Sarah's and uh, Sarah's and Hannah's a little bit more. I'll say that. I I honestly don't love Sam. She's not my Dude, favorite. Same. I like Dina a lot more than I like Sam, and I just never really believed them. Honestly, but maybe it's just because in my eyes they're like kids, and it just felt weird. But uh, I still liked the relationship. Sure. I just like I felt like a lot of people were like doing too much for them. I'll say that because pretty uh, much this movie becomes there's yeah. an accident with a bus, and that's where they get the inspiration from the first evil, which is like the cheerleaders book. There's an accident in that book in which one of the cheerleaders becomes possessed by what they think is the ghost of Sarah Fear. Okay. Yes. So in this movie, there's an accident. Sam ends up dripping her blood onto the bones of Sarah Fear in the Shady Side Woods, and Basically, they're coming after her. Every single icon of Shady Side, every single murderer, every single serial killer, spree killer, whatever you want to call them, they're on fucking Sam's ass. So, b- before we move on, do we do we want to mention that they are part of the curse? Like these things are dead, and they are like re reanimating, or are we going to? We have to say that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we have I to, mean, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, because, like, as we saw earlier in the movie, like, whenever the credits were rolling, they pretty much, like, laid out all of the different killers and all the different yes. eras that they come from. Yes, exactly. Um, and whenever Sam first, like, gets her, like, like shock of, like, I guess the land where Sarah was, like, killed at. Oh, my God. Am I spoiling things? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to I talk about. By accident, yeah. It's hard to talk about without that, though. Without spoiling. But I... Um, obviously she dies because obviously they find her bones yeah sarah fear is kind of what this whole trilogy is the curse of sarah fear is kind of what this whole trilogy is based on it's like based upon everyone in the town knows about sarah fear like after the girl is killed in the mall they come back to school there's graffiti everywhere basically saying the poem about sarah fear that is she she will seek revenge until she basically is re until she finds her hand when once she finds her hand that has been cut off that she cut off in a satanic sacrifice kind of thing is what they say whenever she put the curse on the town um once she is reunited with her hand the curse will end but until then she's going to keep coming back to shady side everyone in town knows about this it's like an urban legend type thing um So when they get into the bus accident and Sam crawls out of the car and lands on the red moss, which is also important, she bleeds onto the grave of Sarah Fear and she starts getting these flashes that are like, 
basically showing you what happened to Seraphir and like evil, evil, like laughing and shit, you know, witch shit. And, evil forces, yeah, are at yeah. play here. And she gets a nosebleed and she's like, oh shit, why? why? Well, they basically don't, they can't like pinpoint it to that though because she was just in a car accident and she was kind of beat up. Yeah, but I she mean, starts, it was a pretty awful car accident. Yeah, she starts feeling weird. And this is, I have a question about this, but I also don't want to spoil stuff. Oh, true. Uh, There's I'm a lot ask, of questions here. Yeah. My question is, she bled on the bones, right? And that's why... Yes. <gasps> wait. Okay, so she bled on the bones, and that's why Sarah is coming after her. But as we find out later on, their name has to be written to be targeted, right? So was her name written and this is just a coincidence or does this also cause her, does this also cause the curse to affect? Okay. So your name doesn't have to be written. They're coming after it doesn't have to be written, but I think that that it's just written. That's the one that's going to be a killer. I don't think it's the one that's going to be killed. You know? Oh, you're right. You're right. Yes. Remember she she becomes like a killer at the end of this or she was going to kill Dina. Yes. Okay. But yeah, so this curse of Seraphir is now coming after Sam. And yeah. they have to keep these things away from her. They eventually do find out that it's only it only wants Sam's blood. It doesn't want anything to do with them because they're not marked. They want Sam's blood and they, they're trying to protect her for the rest of the film, basically. In all these elaborate fucking ways. And uh Yeah. So let's talk about some of those scenes yeah let's let's talk about the trap that they lay out so they think that they're going to like kill these killers by like blowing up the school basically the school bathroom yeah do it but the killers start to reanimate it's literally all for nothing and it it's like a tit it's like a 15 minute scene or like whole yeah, thing. and I'm like, <laughs> okay, so we see that they're coming back together great there's also this weird like that weird pound town like scene yeah they all like have sex they all get horny at the yeah, same time like, why is I didn't understand like why Kate was into like her younger brother like never that understood so that I thought didn't Kate and Simon should have been a thing totally like it didn't make any type of sense they just I feel like they only said that so that Simon could get like a funny like joke about like jerking off honestly though yeah I think Simon would be more inclined to jerk off than the younger brother and maybe that's why they did it to make it it was uh, yeah <laughs> it was very it was, it was like, a strange sh- really strange choice. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. But anyway, so basically, after that doesn't work, they end up looking (laughs) up the woman, the person, all the other past cases. And they find out that there's a person by the name of C. Berman that had actually survived. Mm. Well, they didn't, well, they might have, they died and then they ended up being brought back to life. Yeah, so they technically did die. They just came back after the fact and they think, like, oh, well, maybe. That's what I have to do. I can die and you can bring me back and this will be over. Yeah. And like we kind of get like earlier in the film, whenever they were talking about Simon's brother, about him being like shocked back to life. Yeah. So they did an EpiPen. It was, uh, yeah, basically an adrenaline rush, like Pulp Fiction style. And uh, it brought him back to life. So they were like, okay, well, Kate has all these pills. Maybe we can give you the right amount to overdose and we'll know how to get you back and you will be dead technically, 
it'll be over and then you'll survive. And they're like, okay, it's like, that's really it. crazy. Like, wow. The problem with that though, <laughs> is that you are drugged and you can't really control what you're doing when you're drugged. And what if something goes wrong? And what if, so, you know, it's like, there's no turning back. How, after these are you. children. How the fuck do they know? Yeah. Like, exactly. It's ridiculous. And stuff like that. Basically they set up the final trap to like, save sam for some reason everybody kate's not into it at first she's like no nah, fuck this fuck sam i loved that like let's just let her have let's just let them have her and then we'll all survive but of course last minute they decide we can't let her like die. relatable though like that is true why didn't they just fucking throw her to the wolves but i mean you know what it's kind of heroic what they did as um, humans so it's hard to just watch that you know yeah so they set up a final trap you know they all smear blood of like sam on them because that was one of like the triggers earlier um, and they call upon the spirits of Shady Side to come for Sam, I guess, basically. Yep. And they do. They all come. They they travel directly down the path. That was Well, you know, no, I'm sorry. Them. I'm getting I'm I'm getting it confused with the high school. They start going after the other kids because they have the blood on them and they're fighting them off and they're fighting them off. Sam, like something happens to where all the pills get scattered so that it doesn't work anymore and they have to resort to dunking Sam's head in a lobster tank to drown her. Yeah. While this is happening, because it takes about four minutes to drown, so it's not just like this quick thing. While this is happening, everyone's fucking fighting, and we get two of the craziest scenes. We They start uh, getting butchered, basically. They fucking, so, dude, Kate dying is so crazy. <laughs> Kate gets the freaking bread slicer? Was bread that that slicer is? through the head head so i'm not it's saying brutal. like a knife i'm saying like this whole machine that you put a whole loaf in that would slice it into individual slices they fucking grind her head through and Early. and it's also mixed with cake because he pushed her head up against the cake right before so it's like cake <laughs> frosting and blood and brains it was fucking gross it was disgusting they but then find also her. yeah go ahead yeah. but then also like so uh uh, yeah, Josh sees Kate dying, you know, his love, Kate, just dead yeah. right there. He sees Simon next to him, and Simon's like, dude, we fucking got to get the fuck out of here. And right when you think they're about to, like, run, Simon gets it right on the head. Axe in the head. I dude. loved it. I love that they killed two people that you would never expect. It's very, I, it shocked me. I was like, okay, Kate's get dead. That, that's got to be it. Simon, like, a minute later, dead weren't expecting like two of them all at once and it really it shocked me too i was, like, I was bummed because no. i liked them yeah more so than yeah. sam yeah yeah exactly sam dies fuck? and they are able to bring her back and it seems like it's all good as soon as sam dies everyone disappears all the bad people disappear they go yeah, home the guy that acts almost hits josh but luckily he doesn't so they make they it go, out alive brother they sister literally and go girlfriend home what the fuck? Like, and they're like, after smiling. what they did, they didn't even talk about what they did. They blew up part of the high school. They stole an ambulance. She stole a gun from a <laughs> cop. They didn't even talk about basically the whole hospital scene. That weird, like, a lot of people were like weirded out by the death of Nurse Betty because they felt it was like, like trans representation that like they like just like killed off as like a joke. Oh, I never thought of Nurse Betty as trans. A lot of people that- like thought of that as like an allegory, I guess, for like the trans community. Oh, okay. I could see that for sure. So um, they were like not happy about that. But yeah, 
Crazy. And then they just go home and they're laying in bed like smiley, like ah, now we can be lesbians together. And then there's a, a call on the phone. And who is it? See Berman. And she's calling back and she's saying like, girl, you didn't, you think that you stopped that evil? You it barely got started. Yeah. And she right when Sam she in front of her, ah, she turns around. Ooh, she turns around. She's like, Sam. He looks down and Sam is taking a fucking knife and just yanked right in her fucking stomach. Yeah. Stabbed her in the stomach. She falls to the ground, starts to fight Sam. The next shot we see of Sam is her tied up with the phone cord on the floor of the kitchen. And that's how this fucking movie ends. Bang. <laughs> so she has been was possessed. crazy. Yeah. Sam is now possessed by the spirit I like- of Sarah Fear. I liked it a lot. Um, and that gave me more questions as to who went and wrote her name down and who, you know, like things happen behind the scenes that we didn't see, which is oh, totally there's this movie definitely set up like a good mystery for us to figure out what's going on here in this town of shady side. Like there's yeah. gotta be something here because it's not what it seems. Yeah. Um, and I think that the second film definitely did a great part in laying out, you know, basically all of like what happened, I would say like. Yeah. So this is basic. This is the most of the. Of the. Story. This is but kind of. Really. The, this all, is like no, the 1666 is like full of backstory, too. Yeah. But this is more of the lore, like the made up story that people made up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the perfect connection between the 1666 two. 1666 is more of like the real honest truth. Yeah, no, totally. Um, so, yeah, let's get into 1978. It's Camp, baby. I can't get that song stuck out of my head. Like, yeah, you're obsessed with that song. Um. Let's go over the actors one more time since there are a couple of changes and then let's jump into it. Yeah, so basically we're going to have our first, the first movie uh, cast members. We've got Dina, who's played by Keanu Madera. Um, we've got Olivia Scott Welsh, who played Sam. We've got Benjamin Flores Jr., who played Josh. They're all coming back for the second film um, as their respective characters. And also we have got, um, in this film, we have got Sadie Singh from Stranger Things. She plays uh, Ziggy Berman. And then we've also got uh, her sister, Christine Berman. I see Berman. So she's played by uh, Emily Rudd, who's not like as big as Sadie. Yeah. Um, I like her, though. She reminded me of a young uh, Allison Brie. Do you, I can do you know see who that. I, That's funny yeah. that you say that because Allison Brie was in uh, Community with Jillian Jacobs, who plays the older ah, version of Superman. Yes, exactly. Yeah, she just looked like a young Allison Brie to me, and I love Allison Brie, but I liked her too. I thought her performance was good. Um, no, I was like obsessed with Emily Rudd. Cindy was like everything to me, and Cindy like reminded me of myself, like just like for some reason, like just that do-getter who like cares about like their family, but like also like is worried about themselves and like getting to where they want to be. Yeah. This is your, this is your favorite installment, right? Totally. And I just, I love the relationship between the sisters, like how it was like antagonistic to the, at the beginning and how they ended up like coming together because I mean, that's really how it is. You know, you can fight with your sibling, you know, but whenever things get tough, like they're going to be the one beside you, like fighting with you. Fighting yeah, definitely. for you. 
Definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the, um, this is definitely my favorite installment in the film series. Uh, but basically, Dina and her brother show up to see Berman's house, and they want answers. Yeah. So you you um you lead the way since it's your favorite. I'm kind of my my brain's going blank for some reason. You're fine. So basically, they sit down inside and and see Berman starts to lay out the story of what happens that what happened that summer in 1978 at Camp Nightwing. Um, so he leads out saying a week later, my sister was dead. Um, go in, we find out, we go back to 1978. We meet our, uh, our girl Ziggy played by Sadie Sink. Um, she gets an introduction where she's shown to be a little Billy badass. She's not afraid of the other girls. <laughs> and she is, she's a tough one. She's, she's not yeah. willing to back down. She is definitely um, which, a shady, like OG shady cider. You get those vibes. Um, totally. She is not, she's not this like she's tough. preppy, like, yeah, she's yeah. definitely rough and tumble. Love her. She's definitely my, I think she's my favorite character in like yeah. all of like the movies. This scene is so crazy though, because you, you find out that they are chasing her because money was stolen. And when she is accused of stealing the money, she does not deny it. And she has the exact amount on her. So she stole that money. <laughs> yeah. So she definitely <laughs> took that money. And I think it's like, it's more of like a not because I need it, but more like a, I don't like you and I'm taking your, your thing because I don't like you. Exactly, it's disrespect, yeah. basically. Exactly, like I'm going to disrespect you because I don't care about you. Um, and they're like uh, fucking. So they're treating her horribly. They are going too far. I think they are. They are calling back to that legend of the witch to the Sarah. Exactly, and same tree. And we're at the, the same, same tree. tree and everything. Ugh. And they basically like put her up on the tree and like like. Like, I can't even like talk right now. They basically like string her up by her hands in the tree, and like, like this girl Sheila starts to like set her on fire. Yeah, they're like, we're gonna burn her, and they fucking burn her arm. And finally, what's going on? Finally, a camp counselor guy shows up. Is it the like the blonde asshole guy? Uh, yeah, it's him, and also Nick Good, um, who, who we saw in the first film was now the sheriff of the town, but now yeah. he is a counselor at the Shady Side Camp Nightwing. Yeah, so um, he's young and saves the day. Basically, he's like, "Y'all are not about to do this shit here." He calls Ziggy. The other counselor calls Ziggy out for the troublemaker that she is, and basically says, "You're leaving this camp. You've done too much." Um, yeah, and I'm like, wasn't she the one let... that was strung up on the tree? Yeah, and she pretty much says that. She's like, what the fuck? They were trying to kill me. And she's, yeah. he's like, well, I'll handle them later. But, like, you, you're done. Um, Nick's yeah. like, you know what? Let's just, like, handle this, like, within ourselves. We don't have to, like, go out there because then other people are going to find out. We're going to get in trouble for this, basically. So yeah. Ziggy's left to, like, stay at the camp. She's just – Nick tells her to go to the camp counselor – or the camp uh, nurse and just, like, treat herself. And Ziggy is obviously not impressed by Nick. Nick is, like, the golden boy of the town. And everybody else, like, is – by him but she's just like mm, no nah, i'm good yeah i don't think she's impressed by anybody honestly i think she has been she's grown up in a way where it's me it's me for myself and that's all i can trust you know what i mean no totally okay yeah but um yeah so basically we learn about like the rivalries of the camp how the sister the older sister is kind of like wanting so badly to be that Sunny Baylor, but like 
Ziggy tells her, like, you're always going to be a shady sider. Like, no matter how many polos you wear or, like, how much money you spend on how you look, you're never going to get out. Yeah. Just, like, nobody yeah, gets out. Get an introduction to Cindy, her older sister. And also, Alice, another one of the characters in the movie, who is played by Ryan Simpkins. I um, like her. Yeah, she is definitely a character. I didn't really She's like a bad girl. Much. She kind of irritated me. Yeah, she's kind of irritating, but I I just like seeing the juxtaposition. I, I first of all, I want to know why this girl is at camp. Like <laughs> why are you here? She's, like smoking, she's smoking weed at the camp. She's like h- hates it, hates everybody, and I'm like, what even brought you to here? You know what I mean? Uh, doesn't matter. It's a plot stupid thing, but I like her. I think she's just fun and funny. I like how how defensive she is about everything. You can tell she's she's hurt inside. And she wears a lot of people. Totally. A lot of people like saw like a vibe between Cindy and um, Alice, like a, like a, like a girlfriend vibe. Okay. I could see that. I could see Cindy being like, no, that's not what it is. But like secretly being like, why am I like into her? (laughs) I could kind of see it too. But then also like, I don't know. I also like Cindy and I like Cindy's boyfriend who we also met too, Thomas. Yes, yeah, so Cindy's boyfriend, who is kind of, I think, one of my favorite parts about the whole thing. Um, really sweet. He's like, he stands beside really, his girlfriend. She's a he's nerd, a really good but he boyfriend. Like loves his nerdy yeah. girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, just a good guy. So yeah, we meet Nurse Lane, because she has to go and get her arm uh, bandaged up. And Nurse Lane is acting weird. She is like... We find out because we do find out in the beginning of the 1994 or just in the duration of it that there was a young girl who killed how many people? Like seven people, including herself. And she is one of the people that come after the kids in the first one. And she has a razor blade and she sings this song when she comes after you. We find out that it's this woman's daughter that had passed and committed all those crimes. So basically, Ziggy meets Nurse Lane, as we find out. Nurse Lane is Ruby Lane's mother, and Nurse Lane yes. is acting very funny. Um, you know, Ziggy leaves. She meets up with Cindy. They get into a fight, and I love, like, the uh, the sisterly bond that the two have. Like, C- Cindy is just, like, that older sister who's, like, looking out for her younger sister, and Ziggy is, like, that younger si- like sister who is doing everything to stay, to, like, be nothing like Cindy. Yeah, exactly. Totally. You can tell that one is a little bit older than the other and like how what is her how Cindy is just like trying to look out for her little sister but she is so resistant to it, you know. Like Ziggy is Ziggy doesn't appreciate that her sister's looking out for her, trying to look yes. out for her. Um so Later on, after Ziggy and Christine get into their little argument, um, Nurse Lane attacks Cindy and Thomas while they're, like, in the camp. She's spouting off nonsense, saying, like, I saw your name. Like, I have to take you out, basically. And he has to, like, he has to, you know, detain her. And the whole camp knows that she went crazy trying to attack them. Um, so she gets yeah. out. And while she was, she was saying stuff about, like, the woods and, like, so they go and they go to search the woods to find out like what she was talking about. And they go and they find a like a a underground like entrance somewhere. 
Yes. And it there, and while they're in there, they go and they find a wall that has all the different killers like names written on there, and the last name on the list is Tommy Slater. Yeah, and they're like, "Why is Tommy's name on this?" And they're like, and she like blames Alice, and she's like, "Why did you write that?" And she's like, "You think I did this with my bare fingers? Like I have nothing. I can't do this on stone." Yeah, yeah. And they and she's like, like go out there to go confront Tommy and Alice's boyfriend, who are both right outside of the room. And they go out there, and Tommy is he is brutalizing the boyfriend with an axe, like two yeah. big hits to the face, right that, like, to the front, front of the face. Oh. Yeah. And I feel so bad for Alice at this moment because I really do think that she liked her boyfriend a lot, at least. I'm not sure about – I'm sure she loved him too, but it was sad. Awful. <laughs> he like, died. Having to watch a person that you love like get hacked away in front of you. Like, and they're just like – Oh, my God. They're like, ah, and they fucking run because what the fuck? And I I'm just want to talk bad. about – I want to talk about how Tommy looks for a second. I think his look is awesome. He's like – Definitely like a callback to like Jason with the, the bag over his head, Jason. Um, also, the town that dreaded sundown. I get those vibes. Kind of looks like a lumberjack, though, as well. I think he looks really great. I like him. <laughs> like that, just the scene of him like becoming like taken over by the like spirit and coming like after the girls. I was like terrified. Yeah, he's scary. He's one of my favorite killers for sure. Like, I was like, this guy, I would be scared if he was running at me with an axe. I'll definitely say that. Yeah. Um, so after that, Tommy, Tommy comes for the, uh, Tommy comes for the counselors in the camp. Yeah, he comes for everybody, dude. He comes for anybody that crossed his path. So the camp is under attack. And they are brutalizing these kids. Like They literally kill kids. kids. I'm like, fuck. And while all this is going on, Ziggy and Sheila, the girl that she was like beefing with at the beginning, Ziggy's like, I found the perfect revenge for her. I'm going to have her go here and I'm going to do something to her. So she has her meet her in like the outhouse or whatever and like tricks her to like to be locked in there. Yeah. But when to find out everybody being killed, she's like, oh shit, I locked her out there by herself with a fucking killer. I can't leave her like that. So Ziggy goes after her. And tries to let her out, but while she's doing that, gets attacked by the girl, and she ends up ha- Ziggy ends up having to knock the girl out to like keep her quiet, like to calm her down. <laughs> yeah. And, and while they start to hear Cindy and Alice from the toilets of the outhouse underneath, under like they're in the ground underneath there. So basically, Cindy tries to get her. Cindy gets her, and Ziggy throws down rope to get the girls up there. When fucking Tommy Slater attacks Ziggy Ugh. and the guy that came in there, chops his head off. I haven't even talked about that guy. I can't stand that guy. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of annoying. He was just like comedy relief. Halloween? Yeah, he was in like comedy. Yeah, he was in Halloween. I hated him that Yeah, he too. was. Yeah, yeah he, he was kind of a annoying like, in that I movie too. I want to punch him. I want to fucking <laughs> knock out. <laughs> yeah, so that guy gets his head but... knocked off. She can't save the peop- the girls yet. We're basically running around the camp. This lunatic is on the loose. We're trying to get kids on buses to get them off site to save their lives because this motherfucker is killing anybody, kids included. And we basically end up with Alice and Cindy underground stuck in like this underground fucking weird witch lair. And then we have Nick Good and Ziggy kind of working together upstairs to save everybody. Right? 
Yeah. Um, and like there, <laughs> as you can see, like the tunnels kind of lead to, mm-hmm. uh, lead to how, wait, how do they like lead to basically with the map that they were looking at, they find a way they, f- they find like an alternative way that they didn't think about before. And it brings them to under the mess hall, right? Yeah. Which, under the mess hall. Where, which we find uh, out is of, basically where the mall is in the 1984 version. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, so they get out through a vent in there, but, and as I love how, as soon as they get out of that vent, you can see, they like close it down and stuff. But later on, you see like these things are coming up after them. No, no, it was fucking creepy. Yeah. But th- isn't this where Alice dies? Unfortunately, after they fucking well, yeah. escape. Well, that was the thing is so like above as like Ziggy and Nick have been chased into the mess hall, like they're trying to get out from underneath and Cindy is able to like knock the like the grate in between like the two and able to get up there and save her sister from being killed. And so she takes out Tommy. She kills Tommy. She stabs him like to death. Yeah. She stabs him to death, and about that. she saved her sister, you know? Yeah. And while the sisters reunite, they're happy with one another, we end up finding out that Alice is actually alive, too, and that she has found the hand that Sarah Fear got locked yes. off. That, she, that they've all been looking for that is supposed to, like, clear the town of the curse. And so... Uh, well, after they establish that, they go out to, you know, reunite body and hand with one another. Tommy comes back and fucking takes Alice out with an axe. Oh, yeah. So they think he's dead, but, you know, they come back. They always come back. And they fucking they take her out. They always fucking come back, dude. And Cindy sad. is just like, Cindy is livid. She fucking beheads Tommy with the fucking yeah. shovel. Yep. And so this man doesn't have a head anymore. You know, Sydney's like, I can't fucking do this shit. This man doesn't have a head anymore. You know, they they beat the evil. They have got the hand. They can go do this now. So they're like, let's go out there. Let's reunite the two. They go out there to reunite the two. And this is where, oh my gosh, all the killers start to come from the sister. As you said earlier, the Ruby Lane starts to crawl out from underneath the grates that they were at. Like, and everybody's just coming after them. The, the milkman, like Billy Baker, who was like this little boy who that like creepy beat ass these little other kids. boy. Yeah. And they're all coming from different directions. And so Ziggy and Cindy are looking for the body. They're digging at the exact spot that the map is saying the body is gonna be there. The body's gonna be there. And when they dig down, they find a stone saying the witch is never de- dies or something like that. Like Yeah. Basically saying like the body. Psych. And they're yes. like, fuck. And they have to fight now because these things are close and they're not going to stop. And they do not, yeah. they do not Cindy, do well. Cindy screams because as we saw earlier, whenever they got the hand, Ziggy bled onto the hand. So now they're after Ziggy, you know? Yes. Yes. So they're out there. They're trying to break the curse. They can't find the body. The killers are coming after them. Cindy's like, you know what? We got to run. You got to go, and I'm going to fight for you. And so yeah. they run off together. And this is like one of my favorite sequences in the movie is like Cindy, like running and like Ziggy both running at the same time, running at the killer, like at the, uh, at Tommy, basically. Yeah. 
Cindy's screaming like, let my sister live. Like, it's just very just high drama. And I'm like, wow, this is this is about to get crazy. And Cindy goes out there and she fucking swings that axe and she knocks the fucking killer. She knocks Tommy away. And you're like, fuck, yeah, dude, they're going to get away. They're going to get out of this. Ziggy's running off on her own. And right when you think that fucking Cindy has like knocked the killer, he turns that axe around and knocks her back in the head and catches his like fucking footing. Yep. And the tides turn, and Cindy has been knocked to the ground now. Ziggy runs right into the hands of the fucking milkman with his knife, and you hear his knife, like, enter her, like... And it's really brutal from this point on, like, for the next, like, at least minute or so. They it's get just fucking... They get murdered. They literally get murdered. They get, like, massacred just in yeah. front of one another. Like, Cindy getting swung and, like, beat with the axe, like, to her chest. And she's, yeah. like, crying to Ziggy. And she's, like, you'll always, I'll always be there for you. Like, and I'm, like, in tears watching this at my house. I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? And then Ziggy's <laughs> getting stabbed by the milkman. And, like, she's reacting to every, every time she gets stabbed, I'm just, like, oh, my God. This girl's a good actress. Like, look at her, like, portraying this. Like, the coffee and the blood. Like, all of it's just, like, a lot. And the two sisters are killed together. Yep. But like we said in the first part, Ziggy does get brought back. Nick Good. Is it Nick Good? He comes back and yeah. saves her. Nick yeah, Good comes back and he runs and he breathes her back to life. Yeah. So the curse is technically broken. But like she said, it's never really broken. And, yeah. Uh, so this is like, okay. So this is where they start playing that David Bowie song, The Man Who Stole the World. And, like, Ziggy's speech, like, over this, like, I told you I was, like, crying before. I was, like, crying then, too. And she's like, my sister, she sacrificed her life for nothing. I told everybody, and nobody believed me. I'm like, what? Nobody? Like, are you kidding me? Like, how does she not have, like, so many people being, like... And then Nick, Nick doesn't believe her either. He he just, he doesn't Hmm. trust what she's saying. And that's where, like, she sees, like... She sees uh, Cindy, like, with the, with the sheet being put over her head. And you find out that Ziggy's full name is actually Christine Berman. So she is C. Berman. Like, it wasn't Cindy who yeah. was C. Berman. It was actually Ziggy. Josh and Dina realize this at the same time. And you're kind of like, I kind of knew about it just because, like, they introduced Sadie Sink first, and so I was like, "That's that's her." They should have introduced. I felt like they should have introduced this Cindy first, and I would have thought yeah. it was her. But because it it immediately began with her running in the woods, like after her saying that, I just I assumed that that was her. So and also, I, I also just think it was kind of a pointless little plot thing. I don't really, it didn't really do anything for the plot for me. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't really. Besides, like trying to be like a twist, but like yeah. I don't know. I just like saw it and I immediately thought that, you know, C. Berman was going to be Ziggy because they like they both were just like the two that was Z- the, Sadie Sink was who they like advertised the movie about. Yeah, exactly. And so I didn't think that that was going to be just the sister. I thought that she was going to be like the main character. and She ended up being the main character. So, yeah, I loved that. And that's whole speech that Jillian Jacobs makes at the end. Like it gives me like goosebumps every time. Yeah. So. She, that's where the second part kind of leaves off. Basically, them telling the story, her telling the story of like, we can't save your friend, 
Well, it's her like, finishing the story and telling yeah. them that and then being like, uh, well, we actually, we found her body. Like, do you know where the hand is? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And come to find out that the tree from the first movie, like the hanging tree, that what is what it's called, is where the hand was. And like, you think back to like the image of like them like digging and it is that. It's just the mall is there now too. It was like, that was probably like one of the bigger twists to me. It was like that being like right there. It, was that a twist to you? That that tree was the same tree? Yeah, I didn't catch that until like they explicitly said that. Yeah, I never, I never really, I don't think until the end of this one is when I was like, oh, it's the same place. And then I yeah. finally, by the, by the next one, I'm like, this is definitely the same place too. This is like. OG. Yeah, it's just little things yeah. that you like overlook in like the first movie because they say that in the first movie too. They're like, yeah, this mall was built on top of the old campgrounds. They just, you just don't keep like keep track of that, I guess, watching it. Yeah. But they tell her, but basically they go and they find where the hand is like left at beside the hanging tree. And as soon as Zena wants to go reunite the hand and the body, she gets pulled back into 1666. Yep. And that's the next movie. Which that is my favorite. Get, yeah, this is how we get into nineteen. We get into sixteen C six Fear Street. Um, so the interesting thing about this movie is the fact that they had all of the previous characters from the first movie come back. But yeah, so we get into Fear Street uh, Part Three or sixteen sixty six. Thrust back into sixteen sixty six. Dina learns the truth about Sarah Fear. Uh, while back in nineteen ninety four, the friends fight for their lives and Shady Side's future. Yeah. So. Did you your find favorite it, movie out of the three? It was, yeah. I don't. I think it is because the first two relied so heavily on pop culture things to kind of put you in the setting, but this one kind of couldn't do that. This one had to didn't really have any music because I mean it has music, it has a score, but it didn't have anything to play because it's obviously before we had these people, these musicians, yeah. uh, and. I thought it kind of, I could just like watch and feel more instead of it just kind of feeling, well, I did, not that I didn't like them, but it did feel like kind of crowd pleasing no. in a way, you, got, you know, you got like a lot more out of it because you were just listening to like instrumentals, like, and they really do help to set the tone of like that time, like the creepy, like eeriness, like they remind me very much of like the witch. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely got witch vibes. Also, I think everyone acted really well in this one. They all had to do like, a pretty intense Irish accent. Scottish, maybe. I'm not sure. I was loving the accents. They did a great job. All of them sounded good. Like, I did not have a problem with it. I thought the the main girl, Dina, who is Sarah Fear in this one, basically, um, she sounded fucking great. I loved listening to them talk. And, yeah, and I kind of liked Dina as Sarah Fear better than I liked Dina, the character. Isn't it strange, though, that they didn't cast that poor girl who's been sarah fear throughout the whole thing like why did they i know i get why they put dina in her place but i think they could have put dina in her place without making dina the actress for it yeah they kind of like screwed over like the original actress who played uh sarah fear but i mean she was able to be in all three of the movies i mean you know through like the flashbacks and stuff like that yeah no for sure i mean i eventually like got into it but i i was a little confused like well, that sucks. I was kind of looking forward to meeting her since we see yeah, her throughout really, the whole thing. Yeah, and you really and you get to see like an update of like uh Kate Simon. Um not an update, but just like a retelling. And that was also something I had I had a like a question about maybe. What? Um 
You know, whenever the uh, the sisters like, like, do you think that that's why Cindy had such like a fear and like want to protect like her sister because of what happens to the Cindy Berman of that time, Abigail, and her sister uh, Constance? You think? Does that make sense? Um, Abigail and Constance. I can't remember exactly who they are. I'm sorry. They were played by the sisters from the second one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. But do you think that that's why I remember? Because as we see that one scene, whenever all the kids are like killed by the pastor, like Sadie Sink's character, Constance was killed and Abigail is like the one that finds her. And I was, I was wondering if that played into like their characters oh. from the second one. If that like, if they were like reincarnations yeah. of like those characters or like what, what? I'm thinking, I'm thinking reincarnation, but I'm also thinking that. It's almost like an American horror story vibe where the just like the same actors are being used because it's like this big project, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, so I'm, I'm thinking not- it's their like flam- their family bloodline because their name is Berman, Constance yeah. Berman, and Abigail Berman. So they're Cindy and, and Ziggy's uh ancestors. Oh, well, then yeah, I definitely think it's either them in another life or at least. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's like been another life down through the family, and then like the tales of what and happened. And then the 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 need to take care of Ziggy is just kind of like implanted in in her because she needs to yeah, protect that, her from that happening again. Well, that's what I got just from like the second time watching it. The first time I was just like so invested in it, but the second time I started thinking other things about it. But this one was great. I mean, it one of the best parts is whenever like at the beginning. Whenever Dina's like talking to her father and she has that like Irish or whatever accent. And she's, what does she say? She says, like, and leave a father like you to eat all the bacon. Yeah. yeah. I was like <laughs> screaming. Like, that literally like made the entire film for me. Like, thank you, Jesus. But she just said that because that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> um, so we get in, we get to meet the different characters and they're like reincarnations, whatever, like earlier, like family members. Yeah. Um, we find out that there's like a Kate proxy, there's like a Simon proxy, there's you know, a constant, Sam or there's proxy. A, yeah, Sam proxy, um, by the name of Hannah Miller, um, there's uh, Josh proxy by the name of Henry. So, uh, yeah, basically, this, the scene is set up. We're gonna learn a little bit more about Sarah Fear and everything that happened with her as we find out Sarah Fear is like in a lesbian. Lesbian relationship with uh, Hannah Miller. With Hannah Miller, the pastor's yeah. daughter, and they're like they have like a lesbian scene in the in the woods where they're like going down on each other. And loved it. It was great. I was like, you know what? Like all the other scenes felt really gratuitous to me. Like in the other movies, like in the first yeah, one, whenever like they were like exactly. messing around, and in the second one, whenever they like uh. Ryan Simpkins character was like fucking the guy. There was just something like icky to me about it, but this was like, I don't know, like this was like uh, more of a like romantic vibe I was getting. Yeah, exactly. But I, they like This felt the most real, I think. And also because it was obvious that they kind of had never had the opportunity to touch each other or see each other like that, that it felt very yeah. like, oh my god, this is like a big fucking deal, right? 
Yeah, and they basically like do a couple things with each other, but they're found out by the town fucking weirdo, like who has a who's fucking boner. By... Yeah, yeah, he had a boner. That was so funny, like a little boner too. I that love was the that part. they. It. I like did not think they would show it, and they fucking did. That was cool. The best part was like a little day. I was like, oh my god, what is going on here? But he, they're basically he's humiliated by the girls the night before whenever yes. they're at like a party, and the next day, like he sees that and he decides to you know out them basically. Yeah, and back then, you know, if you're gay, then you're a witch. If you basically anything besides normal, <laughs> you are a witch. So the witch yeah. begins. And it like go it goes like wildfire throughout the town, and like even her father's like, "It's my fault, you're a lesbian," <laughs> and I'm like, "Shut up, like you." Leave you're her not alone. even important in this. Like this doesn't even really concern you. Yeah, um, and so like weird things start to happen. So like earlier we saw like Dina was able to like help a like litter of pigs be birthed, um, got out the like last one. We get her like walking around the town her brother like calls her over and he's like yo you need i need you to like look at this and basically the pig had torn apart all the babies god damn yeah i remember yeah, yeah it was like brutal like crops start failing and like basically they think she's brought food she's brought- food is going bad like yeah she can't find her dog yeah and he and ends they- up being in the fucking well oh yeah God. Poisoned and poisoning all of them, basically. All the water, yeah. Everything's going bad, and next thing you know, Cyrus has all the children like locked up in a church. Cyrus being the pastor, um, Hannah's father, he has all the children like in the church, and like nobody can lock in to can get in. The Nick Good proxy of this time ends up being able to break in there, and he fucking he has to take down the pastor because the pastor has cut out the eyes of all the children. Yeah, he killed multiple people. Another spree killing. This is basically like the beginning of the curse on Shady Side. This is the first recorded. Is, yeah, exactly. In the books, and, and so all of the her Henry's dead, Constance is dead. Like all the kids are basically dead. All the younger, anybody twelve and like younger, or yeah, are lined up outside under like white sheets. And they really calls back to like the second one. Whenever all the kids die, they were also put back out there with on. With sheets, and in the first one, I think also in the beginning with what's her name? Yeah, exactly. But no, but it's just it's really brutal. Um, and this is and where that, I got that like that like wait is this where Cindy Berman got that that like about her sister? But yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so they basically are like, this has started happening because of the curse that's on the town and we like what else than a witch who else could have done this besides a witch so they yeah, go they have after like a, they have like a town meeting and yeah. that's where caleb claims that sarah and hannah are the two responsible for all of this they try to get out of there but hannah ends up being captured yeah so hannah's being held her dad also just committed these horrible crimes so they're both set to be sentenced to death so they're Waiting to do it until they find Sarah Fear. And she's like doing a good job of staying hidden. <laughs> she's like doing her own investigative work. She basically just, she goes and she visits the lady that lives like 
through the woods, right? And that is the yeah, she decides. Um, yeah, the proxy of her. Yeah. Um, she goes to retrieve the widow's book um, and use it to make a deal with the devil and save Hannah. Uh, but she finds out that the book is gone and that the widow has been murdered. Yeah. So she's like, oh, shit. Okay. And I like, there was a, there's a cool scene where she basically is like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a witch, but what does she say? I really loved it. Like, I'm not a witch, but I guess since you're not going to believe me anyways, I'm just going to fucking do this because I want to save her. You know, yeah, like, no matter what I say. Deal. Yeah, no matter what I say, you're not going to believe me anyway, so I might as well just make this deal. And, um, yeah, she can't find the book. And basically it's her trying to what, – what is the last, like – Well, she ends up this? leaving to go to Solomon's house uh, for help, and she <gasps> hides in the back yes. room after the men come looking for her. Um, Solomon while she's is hiding, the Nick Good ancestor. Yeah, the, yeah, the Nick Good ancestor. Um, and while she's hiding, she finds the tunnels under his house, which are the tunnels from the second movie. Um, and while she's in the, under the tunnel, she discovers the ritual book by, uh, or she she discovers a ritual being done and the widow's book like being laid out. Um, and he ends up revealing that he took the book to make a deal with the devil, offered the pastor to be possessed to kill others in exchange for power and for wealth. And this is the beginning of the the goods, basically being the fucking like holders of this curse like the fucking possessors of it that basically fuck shady side over for generations to yeah since the 1600s yeah, to give themselves goods and happiness and wealthiness and shit like that oh, and, and this whole scene like it's this whole awful. time uh, like so this is the like, we find out that nick good has not oh, been good the whole time He's the opposite of good. Um, well, he's he offers. He's in love. He's in love with Sarah, though. So he offers, like, "Hey, you can be with me." But she's obviously a good person. Like, she's in love with somebody else, and she's already yeah, told she, him that she loved. She she like explicitly told him like, "I love her, like Hannah," because he was like, "Don't you can't be upset because of what people say about you." She's like, "But it's not what people are saying. It's it's real." Yeah. So. She's also just like, and also, fuck you. Like, those are my brother died. Her brother fucking died, you know? Yeah. Um, like, how can you do this to me? So they get into a big fight, and. Oh, this fight the tunnel, is. Just, they're going against one another. Like, he eventually catches her in the two fight, and she ends up. Oh my God, this is the worst part. Her hand getting cut off in, like, the struggle. So instead of her doing it as a sacrifice to curse everyone, actually she did it in self-defense. And this is where the story gets all fucked up. It wasn't Sarah Fear's fault at all. She was a victim to it all. Just like most of the, well, most, just like all of the people during the witch trials, you know? Of sh yeah, of like, and of in Shadyside. Yeah. So, so it's insane. They, yeah, he ends up, uh, she ends up getting out of there, but she's found by the townspeople and arrested. Um, yeah. And so they're going to like hang Sarah and Hannah at the hanging tree. Um, but Sarah convinces the town to spare Hannah's life, but she swears vengeance to Solomon before she's hanged. Um, later on, Lizzie, Isaac, Hannah, and Abigail uh, grieve Sarah's death and properly bury her body. Yep. And that's where the 1666 portion ends. And we start back up at 1994 where we finish the movie. Yeah, it goes 1994 um, part two. I'm like, okay. God, it's like, okay, part two and part three. Jeez Louise. But well, this, I, yeah, part two and part three. I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. 
but we need to wrap it all up right because that is the latest story i guess um, yeah so now that she knows all of this and she knows that nick good is not a good person who can't be trusted they're like okay well we have to we have to basically kill nick good or else he's gonna keep drawing the names on the stones he's gonna keep fucking us over um, yeah, and they end up like making this plan with the guy from like the first movie, the janitor of the mall, and like they try to get Nick to come to the mall where they're gonna set traps to have the killers like basically come after him. Yes, um, <clears throat> they do these all these elaborate tra- traps with like glow in the dark paint and stuff. It looks really great, but it's kind of dude. Scary. I loved it. I yeah. love like these movies, but this was so fun. The end was so like very like. It reminded me of like Birds of Prey ish kind of like things happening for no reason, like fights going on that didn't need to be happening. Like yeah, exactly. They could have cut down like a couple of minutes there and like saved a lot of you know of their yeah. goodwill that I had built up throughout the other two films. But like the Didn't third you- ending <clears throat> just didn't it didn't it didn't land. Well, yeah, so that's why I really like the 1666 <laughs> portion, but the the ending does kind of fall flat, honestly. Um, but yeah, because they lure Nick to the mall. Ziggy's with them now. Um, they have the killers come, uh, but Nick ends up escaping to the tunnels where they end up, and then the people above still have to end up fighting the other killers. Yeah, and they finally, eventually, realize that they can pin each other against each other if they put the blood of the person on each other. So if they keep doing that long enough, it'll keep them busy. And they'll just keep killing each other. <laughs> but yeah. um, there's like tension that gets resolved and resolved and resolved. And that's kind of like the whole ending in a nutshell. But Nick Good, how, what happens? What is the final fight like? I can't remember. Uh, Nick ends up pinning Dina down. Uh, but then she like does something. And he's like, he gets like the vision and where she ends up. But then she ends up killing him. Yeah. Does she stab him? She does something to him. Uh, yeah. Oh no! Remember, she grabs his hand and puts it on the uh, like the the oozing thing or whatever. Oh, the like the thing that was thing making thing the killers. Yeah. 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 We didn't even talk about that at all. And the second one, uh, Cindy and uh, Alice find this like beating heart, like fungus type thing in the tunnels, and here is where she um does that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a lackluster ending right now to this podcast. I am so sorry. Well, and then the ending ending is they kind of you kind of like get a shot through the mall and it goes into the crime scene that was the tunnel, which is now in, in through like a door security closet thing. Uh-huh. And and then someone snatches the book. And I'm like, first of all, there's caution tape. Like, it has been investigated. Why was that book not taken by the police? Literally. Like, the good family has been exposed to everybody, basically. And, like, bad things start to happen over in Sunnyvale. Yes. And it's ridiculous that nobody would have taken that book, but whatever. Someone's arm comes into frame and snatches the book, and that's how it ends. So, it definitely does set up for a sequel. But we'll see what happens with that. But that is the trilogy. sure hope so. Yeah. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, dude, yeah. I had a lot of fun watching it and then also talking about it with you because we were like, I remember going to work like after each one dropped and be like, oh my god, did you watch it? Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. And this is and this is something important to you from your childhood, which is cool. Yeah, I totally love Fear Street always growing up. So it was great to see it actually like play out on screen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the trilogy. I don't remember what we used to trilogy. I don't remember (laughs) what we used to do after we got done talking about movies. Like I don't remember either. Like, yeah, that was a great movie. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> did you like it? No, I had a great like, time. What? Plug, like, what we're going to be doing in the future and kind of, like, give an update on, like, where we'll be at and then kind of just say goodbye, final goodbye. Yeah, I guess this is our goodbye now, guys. Um, I had a great time on this podcast. And, you know, definitely check me out in the future on the Pop Icon podcast, which I'm starting after this one ends. And my first guest is going to be Stacey. Yeah, (laughs) kind of a transition. Uh, Very excited. Very excited to be a part of your first episode. But yeah, check David out on that. Yes, I'm excited to have you on there. And uh, also, we just want to plug... Your next venture. Yeah, so the, the only creative thing I'm really into these days is I'm playing in a band. Uh, it's called Beltway. You can find us on Instagram at the band Beltway. Uh, we're based out of Atlanta, and we'll be playing some shows. We have an, we have an EP available and some uh, records available, available for pre-order. So yes. hit us up. Check them out on YouTube at the band Beltway. So... Yeah. And that's yeah, it. That I was guess. a lot of fun. This, yeah, that was it. That was, was our final. <laughs> We're both trying to talk final... to each other. I'm sorry. That's okay. The the final movie day episode, and I think it was a good one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I love you very yeah. much. I love you guys, and I love you, Stacy. And you too, yeah, David. I'll All see right. you guys on the Pop Icon podcast. And I'll see you on the flippity flop. Flippity flop. <laughs> <Bye-y. laughs> Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. We passed upon the stair. We spoke of was and when. Although I wasn't there. Said I was his friend, which gave us some surprise. I spoke into his eyes, I thought you died.